the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing our look at the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for the benefit of new players. This is part one of our look at the Survivor cards. We are going to take a look at Dark Horse, Fire Axe, Newspaper Level 0, Peter Silvestri Level 0, and Peter Silvestri Level 2. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Just a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on The Whisper in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing respectively. Cards that you build around, or are good in one particular deck, get a Blessed Token, while cards we believe are destined for the list of taboos or are simply bad for the game get a Curse Token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these player card reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to Patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Treaty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that I use for the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much, I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Hello Arkham Horror fans, welcome back! We are continuing with our review of the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for the benefit of new players. We're moving on to Survivor. The first card is Dark Horse. It is a three-cost asset that has a willpower skill icon condition trait. Limit one per investigator. During the upkeep phase, you may choose to not gain resources. While you have no resources in your resource pool, you get plus one willpower, intellect, combat, and agility. I can't think of many other cards in this game that uh, are the name of an archetype for a deck that uh, continues to this day, five years later. If there is an investigator who can take survivor cards, there is probably a Dark Horse build out there for them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, it, it gives you plus one to all your stats. Like That's good. <laughs> that's, that's really good. good. Yeah. Uh, and thankfully, this card pool also fleshes this archetype out enough to where if you just have core and Dunwich, you can build a Dark Horse deck. Oh, that's true because, um, yeah, but so one thing that's nice about Dark Horse is that you have the option to take the resource. So you, so what that means is that if you have in your hand or in play ways to utilize resources, you don't have to lock yourself down at zero to make good use of Dark Horse. Good example, if you take, um, if you take uh, Dig Deep, then all of a sudden you can uh, you can be say you're Wendy and you have Dark Horse and you have Dig Deep going, you could be at four willpower, you take a resource and upkeep, you then spend it in, in the Mythos phase. You're at five willpower, and then Dark Horse puts you at six willpower. It's pretty good. You're gonna pass that rotting remains test. So what that, I guess what that means is that um, between Core and Dunwich, even at the zero XP level, like the Dark Horse as a deck type kind of gets flushed out. Like, you don't need a lot more in order for it to get going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. if you're playing Ashcan P, it, uh, Duke will get the benefit of the plus one combat and the plus one intellect when you use his actions, which is really nice. Oh, yeah. And then um, right at that point, if you have, like, Ashcan P, Dark Horse, and, like, Magnifying Glasses, 
Like he's in a really good shape. You're, and then he's investigating at six. That's pretty good. Yeah, there, yeah. there, there was a reason many considered Ashcan Pete to be one of the best investigators in the game for a very oh, long yeah. time. Oh yeah, surely it's Solo because yeah. like Duke is so versatile. Yeah, man, we can just talk all day about Dark Horse. I got to be honest. Um, I think the ones that are a little more awkward, probably if you're not using all four stats very well, then Dark Horse gets a little more awkward. I'm thinking like Agnes, because he's she's only using if you if you build your Agnes deck in such a way that you're only using your willpower. Then Dark Horse is a little more unwieldy. Um, plus, Mystic cards are expensive. Man from Lang had said that every investigator that can take Dark Horse has a deck built around it. But does Jenny, <laughs> does Jenny Barnes have a Dark Horse deck? Oh yeah. Even in even in Core Dunwich, because uh, Jenny can take uh, any of the talents that let you spend resources to do things. So Jenny can just. As I was saying earlier with the example with Wendy, even Jenny, who gets extra resources, she can just spend them, you know, and, and spend them to boost her tasks and then trigger Dark Horse. So she can hang out at uh she can hang out at zero resources and be just fine because all her extra resources that she's getting, she can just immediately turn them into uh, other skill boosts. So even Jenny, Dark Horse. There you go. I would go so far as saying that, you know, when Dark Horse was released, it was so omnipresent in the, you know, among Survivor decks that I think it actually pushed Survivor decks away from a lot of the expensive Survivor events that were available. Um, Survivors do have quite a few expensive events. The one that comes to mind is Cunning Distraction, which costs, I think, five but there were there are others in there and dark horse was being played in so many different decks that i think a lot of those survivor events just sort of got pushed out of the card pool by this card that people just weren't willing to pay for them and uh, i do agree that uh, unlike you know during our discussion of the Mystic cards, you know, we talked a lot about Jim and Chaos Bag manipulation and how the support for that sort of playstyle just wasn't there. They did uh, flesh out the Dark Horse build. So as soon as this card hit, there was Dark Horse Wendy, there was Dark Horse Ashcan, there was Dark Horse everybody. And uh, even to this day, when a, when a new investigator comes out that can play Dark Horse... Somebody will build a Dark Horse build, uh, deck around them. I even tried to build uh, a Dark Horse Charlie Kane deck, Charlie being the new uh, uh, the neutral investigator who will be released in the Scarlet Keys expansion that's coming up. And actually, that's the first time I pulled Dark Horse out of the deck because uh, it... I don't know if it works in Charlie, to be honest. His stat line would suggest it does, but... Uh, Charlie has very specific deck building requirements, I think. So maybe there won't be a, a Dark Horse Charlie deck. I'm sure somebody will still try. How would we rate this one? I mean, this is an elder sign, right? Like this card was format defining. I think nowadays it'd be a bless. Yeah, I agree. You 100% you build around playing Dark Horse. But yeah. I think within the confines of just core and Dunwich, this card is like easily one of the best cards in the card pool. Yeah, I agree because um, if you even if you take other zero XP cards like the talents or what we're going to be talking about soon, Fire Axe, it already pulls its weight. So yeah, in the confines of Core and Dunwich, yeah, I'd say this is another sign. 
because you're going to be spending a lot of resources. At this point in the card pool, you don't have a lot of ways to get lots of resources. Like you have emergency cash, and often that's about it. So what that means is that when you spend them, it's 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 hard to it's hard to have a deck that has tons of resources, has all the money it needs. Um, money is scarce at this point, so playing Dark Horse works because you're going to be at zero resources like half the time if you're playing the cards in your hand. So yeah, Dark Horse really works. I mean, it's got a few awkward interactions like Dark Horse and Lucky doesn't work out very well because you know you you're at one resource in order to play your lucky or your or your, or say your um ward of protection which means you're not getting the benefit of dark horse at that point which is kind of awkward but other than that like you'll be fine just take some talents take some ways to spend money and yeah, you, gonna do it you just use lucky and mythos phase yeah there you go use your lucky and mythos phase and then you're set for the turn yeah so yeah, in in a general sense, I think uh, if your if your card pool is core and done much, you can just slot dark horse into your deck, and you will probably make your deck better. Um, yeah, even if you don't like rely on it. But then there's a lot of support, so you can put in cards that synergize with dark horse, and then you're gonna your deck's gonna be even better. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with you that uh, these days dark horse would probably be considered a blessed token because you you need to build around it to a, a greater extent but in dunwich and revised core this is pretty much an elder sign you can't really go wrong with uh, with putting this in your survivor deck and uh, i think the other thing that helps survivors is the fact that they can they they can play very low to the ground so they don't really need a lot of resources anyway so you play dark horse you play a fire axe and then you can sort of just get by on, you know, picking up a resource here and there, and you don't need a lot of resources, especially with somebody like Ashcan Pete who leans on Duke so heavily to do a lot of his fighting and uh, investigating. You're not really, um, you don't really need to play a lot of extra cards to help him out. You're generally committing skills or something like that, but you've already basically got your investigation and fighting tool on the table from the get-go, so you don't have to pay for it. So uh, that really helps uh, survivors in this case. But uh, yeah, this, this card continues to be played in many, many a different deck. It was had a huge impact on the card pool when it uh, when it was released in I believe it was undimensioned and unseen and uh, continues to this day. The second card we're going to look at uh, plays very very well with Dark Horse. This is Fire Axe, one cost asset with a combat skill icon, item, weapon and melee trait as an action you fight. If you have no resources in your resource pool, this attack gets plus 1 damage. As a free triggered ability during an attack using Fire Axe, spend one resource. You get plus two combat for this skill test limit three times per attack. And it takes up a hand slot. One of the best weapons in the survivor card pool at this time. And uh, mm -hmm. I think you can make a pretty good argument. This is one of the best weapons in the entire, one of the best level zero weapons anyway, in the entire card pool. You can't really go wrong with uh, fighting and getting plus one damage, especially when the Fire Axe can help you get zero resources and boost your combat skill test sky high. Plus two is very, very generous for one resource. And if you've got the three resources, you're at plus six. 
add one more from Dark Horse and you're plus seven and you're not going to miss very often with with that. I think the only knock against this card is that you can find yourself in an awkward situation from time to time where you need to make that second or third attack. And you're getting the bonus damage, but you're not getting the skill boost because you've already spent your resources. But other than that, pretty damn good. What do you guys think? I mean, you pretty much summed it up. I think the only <laughs> other thing sometimes is that you'll also find yourself in weird damage areas as well because you want to deal, let's say, like, you want to deal four damage, but you also want to have plus two to the test as well. So mm -hmm. it's like you find yourself like, okay, I'll save a resource, but now I'm not getting the damage bonus. But if I spend all my resources, then I don't have enough boost to get me through that second test. So like you were saying, like, you know, you, you really have to kind of dial in when and when you are not going to use that, that ability. But, I mean, it's so good. And yeah. some investigators, you just spam that ability. You know, Preston, yeah. for instance, can just spam that all day, which is great. Uh, maybe even someone like Jenny, like you were saying earlier, Matt. You could use Jenny. She accumulates a bunch of extra resources. She can just mow things down with a fire axe. Yep. I mean... It, it also costs one yes. in a hand slot. Like, that is super cheap for yes. for a bonus damage. That's, whoo, man. Yeah, that's real good. Yeah, in fact, Jenny's a good example because this is an example of a card that um, is an outlet for Jenny's extra resources. Um, because she's if she's reloading two resources every turn, that's helping her, you know, boost her Fire Axe attacks, which is really great. I think the one thing stopping the fire axe is what you were saying, Mr. Lang, about how sometimes you, if you want to land two two damage attacks, that's going to be kind of tough because you spend all your boosts getting to the two damage and then you're out of boosts going into the second attack, which is why I think the way to do it if you really want to lean into fire axe is you also include things like overpowers. So that, yeah, you get those extra icons to kind of, you know, keep your momentum going so you can land multiple two damage attacks. It means that as great as Fire Axe is, I think it's not the be-all and end-all because I think you need some extra support in the form of um, combat icons for when, you know, to, to kind of get multiple attacks over the line. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Fire Axe is just that great role player. Like, it's a good enough weapon on its own, but when you when you start kind of, like, piecing all of these other cards together, like, they create something that's, you know, greater than the sum of their parts. Oh, that's what you meant by role player. I thought you meant, like investigators are role-playing as firemen i mean that too yeah okay yeah yeah jenny you know she's like fire axing the locked door down and i got it you have to say here's jenny <laughs> <laughs> it is worth noting that uh in the Path to Carcosa Investigator expansion uh, survivors receive an ally uh, madame labranche who can give you a resource when you have no resources, which plays very well with Fire Axe and Dark Horse, and is another way of alleviating this sort of awkward situation where you can end up not having the combat bonuses you need because you can spend down your resources using Fire Axe. You run out of resources, Madame Lebrance chips in one as a free triggered ability, then you can attack again at plus two and get the plus one damage which is uh obviously very very nice 
it is uh, you do need to include a lot more uh, i think combat icons with this but again if you're playing this in somebody like ashcan this makes a perfect uh, side weapon if you're using duke because duke attacks he does the damage then you can uh, if you don't want to ready Duke or you can't ready Duke because you've already used him that turn, uh, the fire axe can come in. You can spend down your resources and get another couple of attacks in. So it, uh, it works very, very well in, in Ashcan. How would we uh, rate this one? I think in quarantine, which this is another elder sign for me, this card's really, really strong. It's a great role player in a lot of decks. And, you know, like you were saying, it combos well with Dark Horse, it combos well with Ash Game Pete, combos well with Jenny, we could go on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would agree. I think in this in this um these two sets, it's it's another sign. This like you can go through a whole campaign with relying on fire axe, never having to upgrade your uh, your weapon. Um yeah, of the investigators who can take it, this is pretty good. I mean it's even pretty good in gym because being able to um, spend a couple of resources to deal a single damage. Um, we'll save shriveling charges. Um, like even like Jim likes this card. Like this is this is pretty good. I'd give it another sign in these uh, in the context of Corin Dunwich. I think later on, as we as you were saying with uh, Dark Horse, I think as your card pool gets bigger, you kind of want to lean in. You want to like lean into the low resource build. But given the choices you have now, then this this is good. This is the good one. While we're uh, talking about investigators, we'd be remiss if we also didn't mention uh, Zoe, uh, because she does get the resource from engaging an enemy, and then you can spend that resource to to get extra damage from the fire axe. I believe I managed to kill Haster with a fire axe when I played through the Path to Carcosa. Don't so. make us all take horror. Come on, man. So uh, yeah, this is this is an elder sign. It's one of the. At this at this period of time in Corin Dunwich, it's one of the best weapons in the game. Um, certainly, considering the options you have in Survivor, I mean, you've got baseball bat and knife. Are those the only two I'm thinking of? Oh, that's right. So, uh, yeah. and baseball bat is kind of awkward because it takes up two hands, and if you draw a skull, you lose your bat. So. Firax comes along on the scene and kind of nudges it out of the way as well. And uh, yeah, just an all-round uh, amazing card for survivors, especially if you are playing a, a Dark Horse build. That brings us to Newspaper. It is a one-cost asset with a intellect skill icon item trait. You get plus two intellect while investigating if you have no clues and it takes up a hand slot. Unfortunately, I think uh, all the positive things we've had to say about the Survivor card pool so far kind of going to come to a bit of a halt here. It looks like a magnifying glass on the surface, but I have found this card very difficult to use. Yeah, the, the biggest issue with this card is that the game requires you to grab multiple clues at a time. You don't just grab a clue, spend it, grab a clue, spend it. Then a card like this would be pretty good, you know, if that was how the game operated. But the game often asks you to grab three clues, five clues, eight clues if you're playing multiplayer. You know, you're grabbing yeah. lots of clues all at once. 
So playing something like newspaper, it helps you grab that first clue, but then after that, it just does nothing but sit in your hand. Yeah. It'd be nice if you could like bap a you know a ghoul in the in the nose with it or something. That'd be pretty funny, actually. Like, or maybe you can hide your knife in the newspaper, and they and like the combo takes up one one hand slot. <laughs> like, bam. Yeah, like the Pocket fact knife. that it takes up a hand slot is rough. Yeah. Too. Yeah, that's true. It's... If it didn't take up a hand slot, I think it would almost be kind of playable because then there'd be like a couple intellect tests you'd make throughout the game where this would be good. Yeah, if you have a small, if you have a small small card pool, it's not the very worst thing you can do. I'm thinking. No, I think but the issue, both... issue is that flashlight, I believe, costs two, right? Yeah, just play and, flashlight, and you get yeah. eight eight of those. Yeah, you can play flashlight, and in, I mean, if you really want to, you can play perceptions over newspaper. Yeah, and perception and always works. Better off. Yeah. Oh, I feel like newspaper. I can see why you would want it if you're playing as uh, if you're playing a survivor. And you're not expected to investigate very often. Like, I can see why you would play newspaper. I mean, at least newspaper only costs one to, mm -hmm. like, sometimes do a thing. Yeah. If there was an easy way to, like, give clues to your friends, then this would get a lot better. Hmm. That uh, would be cool. That would be actually pretty way, cool. That would be cool if you could, like, give clues to other players, and then this would be, like, yeah. a nice way to constantly kind of grab clues off the board and hand them to other people. Yeah. But I think as is, like, I think it's not the worst thing you can do because it will do a thing once or twice in the game, and it only costs one, which means if you lose it to, like, Crypt Chill, you don't feel so bad. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, the other big defense is that Crypt Chill is a very common encounter card in a lot of the a lot of the uh, scenarios yeah. in Dunwich, so having newspaper to kind of just absorb that can be nice sometimes. Also, yeah. Essex County takes a lot of your assets from you. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like this one, I don't think you want it if you're Wendy, because Wendy just use just play lockpicks instead. I don't think you want it as Ashcan Pete because Duke is just gonna get. You want to be getting lots of clues anyway with Duke. Mm. So we're looking at off class. We're looking at off class survivors. So like, okay, so maybe Agnes. Because you could take two flashlights and like maybe two newspapers, and there you go, your clue support, and you just play shrivelings, and you don't have to worry about right of seekings at that point. Mm -hmm. Like maybe there's something to be said about that. Yeah, but right of seeking is so good. Like why would oh, yeah. you just play that? Because it's expensive, and I guess you know. yeah. yeah. But... Like if you're if you've already got Rex at your table, then you may not need to do right of seeking. Yeah, so I'm just digressing about all the different investigators. I just don't think that the two survivors that we have access to right now want this card. Especially now that Lockpicks is in the revised core. You know, and Wendy can just take that. Yeah. Um, but if you're playing, like, if you're playing some of the survivors down the line, like, for example, I've seen this played a few times in Silas, where it's like, he has no business investigating. Except for, like, the one or two turns he does. You know, with the newspaper. Yeah, then I could... Total, I can kind of see that working. Right. Yeah, this this card probably works. I don't know. It's tough if you're if if you're playing multiplayer. There's going to be so many clues on the table that 
it's going to be hard to use this unless you spend your clues in an appropriate way. So the person with the newspaper is always the one dumping their clues. So they actually get another use of newspaper. I have played this in solo and basically depending on the scenario, it's good for one clue an act, which yep. I don't know at that point, you really got to decide whether it's, it's worth, worth it. I mean, more the card slot. I mean, it's so cheap, but the bonus, the bonus you're getting is quite generous, but for one clue, an act, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's just not worth it. If we did have a way of dumping clues in some way, like the only investigator I can really think of who could, and I'm not even sure if we have, I mean, the, the seekers do have a way to dump clues with some of their cards. Um, uh, what's his name? Dr. William T. Mallison can do it. Oh, that's right. Um, quick study as well. Quick study. Yeah. I don't think quick studies in the, in the card pool yet though. So there, yeah, mm. there are ways to dump clues. Uh, but, uh, I'm, I don't think we really have the support for it yet. So yeah, this is a, this is a tough one. I think if you really need the investigation boost, you could consider it, but I don't know. I think you're probably better I, off playing other cards at this point. I think newspaper could be good in a scenario like Midnight Masks, where false leads um, and stuff like that are all over the place, and it's like forcing you to like drop the clue back on the location. Then I could see this being better than Flashlight, because you know, Flashlight, you gotta spend charges on it, and you know, it takes a little more to like more effort to get the clues in the first place. Whereas, you know, if you have newspaper in that situation, it's still on, which is nice. So maybe if you're playing a scenario like that, the newspaper is worth picking up in your deck. But yeah, in that scenario, you're yeah. also spending clues more frequently to buy the mm, cultists. Yeah. So you're not necessarily stuck with a pile of clues on your investigator all the time. So you grab a clue with this, a couple other clues, spend them. Grab more clues with yeah. this, spend them. So as long as you're, I mean, I think it works particularly well in, in scenarios that have a lot of acts, which granted there aren't that many of them in the game, even to this day that have, you know, where you've got to go through a lot of different acts or you're able to spend clues on, on something else. But um, generally speaking, I think this one, uh, comes up short a lot of the time. How would uh, we... Re oh, I should mention before we keep going, there is a level 2 upgrade for newspaper in Dim Carcosa, uh, which is now part of the uh, Path to Carcosa Investigator expansion. I believe this one, if you have no clues, you get two clues instead of one, if I remember That's correctly. That's actually pretty good. So... Yeah, that that actually helps a little bit because you can, if, especially if you're playing solo and you end up on one of those locations that has two clues on it, this can help you clear it. Again, you're kind of stuck once you do, but at least it gives you the two clues instead of the one. How would we rate this one? I'm going to give it an elder thing. I, th I think there are scenarios where you can make pretty good use out of newspaper, like we were saying earlier, but I think the majority of scenarios just ask you to kind of grab like two to three clues in three acts. So you're really only getting like yeah. two or three boosts out of this. And at that point, you know, it's got to sit on the table, taking up your hand slot that entire time. And that's just not great. 
You know, I think the more the more we uh, talk and think about it, the more I realize like just play flashlight. You know, it you know, you were saying like at best you're looking at this thing providing three boosts or so. Flashlight does the same thing. In fact, it's even better cuz it lowers the shroud. So, yeah, just play flashlight. I'd say give this honestly, this is, the more I think about this, the more I think it's an auto fail because flashlight is does the same thing but better, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've got to go with auto fail on this one. I think I played this card briefly during the Dunwich Legacy, and then I haven't played it since. It's just not... It doesn't do enough, even for one resource. Generally speaking, you I'm able to get clues in other ways. And so this card just ends up being... Like, if it did something else or let you there was a way you could shuffle those clues off or move them around in some way so you could keep getting newspaper bonuses it would be better but as it is it's just a really bad magnifying glass uh, and no no i think uh, like, especially with the dunwich investigators who can take cards from other classes i mean if you need a magnifying glass effect just take magnifying glass don't waste your time with this yeah i mean in comparison to mag glass certainly but in Dunwich, there are, I think, enough scenarios to warrant something like this. Like you've got, you've got uh, the museum where you're spending clues to put the locations into play. You've got Essex County, which requires you to spend clues in order to move from train to train. You've got uh, Blood on the Altar, which requires you to spend clues to look at the things underneath the locations. Like there's, I think there's enough there. All right, Nate, you convinced me. I'm moving my rating up to Elder Thing because... Yeah, let's I'm, go! Yeah, I'm moving it up to Elder Thing. I'm thinking newspaper, if you if you look at it as like your third flashlight, like I'm envisioning an investigator where you take like the only support clues, support cards you have for being your secondary or even tertiary, like your tertiary clue getter is two flashlights, two newspapers. I'm thinking like Agnes, you know, where you like don't like... do... <laughs> I was thinking Pete, right? Where like Pete can... He can yeah. use the newspaper to grab the first clue, and then he can use Duke to grab the rest of the clues. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it, I get it. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring it up to another thing. Yeah, let's go. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I get a zero? Anybody? <laughs> No, 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 uh -huh. no, 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 no. I no. Didn't even flashlight exists. Flashlight, like, if flashlight were like a seeker card, and like you'd actually have to like have access to flashlight, you know, then then yeah, but no, yeah, flashlight's neutral. <laughs> so no. Yeah, I I am not going to be so charitable, and I am going to keep my uh, my auto fail for for this one. <laughs> don't play it. I don't. I don't think I've even played the level two version. To be honest, it just it's not a card that. Uh, that I put in my yeah. decks anymore. I will say, one thing I like about the level 2 version is if you think of it like a one-cost event that lets you, at some point, discover a clue, maybe maybe twice, I think that's that might be worth it. Maybe. You know, if you think of it like that. That brings us to Peter Sylvester, big man on campus. He is a three-cost asset with a willpower skill icon ally in Miskatonic trait. You get plus one agility, as a response, after your turn ends, heal one horror from Peter Sylvester. He has one health, two sanity, and takes up an ally slot. Man, oh man. Peter is probably one of the best cards that was released in this cycle. 
and he continues to be one of the best allies, certainly in the survivor card pool, if not the entire game. Well, I have, I have let's played be, the let's be honest. crap out of this card. <laughs> let's be honest. It's really the level two version that is like the best ally ever. True. Right? True. Yeah. yeah. It's really the level two version. Not that the level zero version is terrible. It's the, really the level two version that puts it. Over yeah, the it's top. it's more just the level two version is just pushed beyond belief. But yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think Peter is really like what every other ally gets held up against. Oh yeah, regards you know, like he provides you a stat boost. He his effect is going to be something that you need almost at every single point in the game. Yeah, you know, I. You can build a whole deck around just using Peter's ability with Carolyn. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, that's true. He, he is a linchpin in Carolyn. You cannot yeah. play Carolyn without Peter. Like, it's yeah. that critical. And you're getting plus one to a stat, and then with the level two, you get plus two to a stat. It's ridiculous. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, this card just does so much for so little. And, oh, yeah. now that, and now that we especially have lockpicks and Wendy is taking this, now Wendy is basically unkillable and getting a plus oh, one to her lockpicks right. as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, so the thing about the level zero one is that it boosts uh, agility. And at least at this stage, at least at this stage in the card pool, agility is kind of capped as to what it can do. Like, you can't kill things with agility at this point. You know, like, I mean, later you're going to get Waylay, which has Wendy on the on the art, by the way. But you're not agility is kind of limited like you're not discovering clues with agility and you're not defeating enemies with agility at this point so the level zero one is like it's kind of capped the level two one it's the fact that it adds to willpower because then that is agnes's primary stat and the reason why i like to call her you know agnes's boyfriend because they're kind of they're the, they're the match made in heaven you know yeah it's, it's like mean... at this point who's a kenna like who is a quinna just have her just 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 throw her out at this point <laughs> yeah it's hard to like talk about the level zero version in isolation of yeah because the level two version like it's just so ubiquitous and yeah. you're of course going to upgrade the level zero version into the level two version because why wouldn't you why wouldn't you yeah in fact that's the point it's like you you put peter semester level zero in there just as like the temporary holding area to like reserve the space you know for the level two version because <laughs> that's really what you want yeah um yeah. Even if you're not Agnes, though, the level the reason why the level two version is so strong is because he can take two points of uh, he can take two points of sanity before you know and just like kind of recharge it, as opposed to taking only a single point and having to wait to recharge it, yeah, or heal it, however you want to call it. I have to say that uh, Peter Sylvester, I think both the level zero version and the level two that we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, he wins games. I mean, there have been so many games where I have taken an excessive amount of horror and all of it just evaporates because whenever you fail the rotting remains, you might take one yourself. Peter takes one, you heal it away. You take another horror, Peter heals it, goes away. There was a, a recent game where I just, I think I had just had even Peter level zero and he did so much work for me. I, I probably would have been driven insane long, long before I reached the end of the scenario. And, and Peter just chugs along. And one of the hardest decisions I think you'll make in this game is when to kill Peter. Cause 
that doesn't feel very good because now you know oh. you're in uh, in tough straits. Peter is so good that uh, honestly, the uh, the survivor allies at this time. I mean, he's up against Aquina and Stray Cat, and it's not. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> doesn't have a lot of very tough uh, tough competition to tackle, and uh, even to this day, you know, it's playing especially with agility getting better uh it's awfully difficult to to play other allies uh over peter uh, because survivors do tend to lean in into that agility a little bit more and it's it's a great way to deal with enemies especially in in solo if you can evade them you don't have to waste all those actions fighting them simply get away and peter helps you do that the uh, the other thing to note is that I don't think it's necessarily true with the survivors that we have in this box, uh, Ash, Ken, Wendy, and uh, Agnes, but uh, uh, survivors generally tend to have kind of crappy willpower, a lot of them, so they are vulnerable to taking horror. Some of them are, not all of them. But uh, as your card pool expands, you'll get somebody like Silas who has two willpower and will just get beaten up by the encounter deck. Peter can backstop him and he uh, he can go uh, a long way. How would we uh, rate the level zero version? I mean, I'm still going to give it an Elder Sign. It's still really good, especially considering that the competition is Aquina and Stray Cat. Like, come on, like you're going to play this card. Don't don't fool yourself. Yeah, and Agnes I mean, especially, yeah. she can take forbidden knowledge, and now you have this engine of forbidden knowledge plus Peter, and now I'm generating Jenny levels amounts of resources. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and, and I was even sitting here thinking, even in gym, like Peter level zero is how you can like survive all those uh, those skulls you draw off of shriveling. Mm -hmm. you, know, you just you just put it on Peter. Yeah, this guy's really good. It, in the context of Core and Dunwich, I'd say level zero Peter is an elder sign. Um, as your card pool expands, like you have more choices, you know, at the level zero. Um, I wouldn't even, honestly, I don't even, I don't even really want to consider a stray cat an actual ally. It's really like an event, kinda, because you just kind of sit it there until you need it. You know, it's, but yeah, it's way better than a Quinna, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's an other sign. He's, he's super good. He's boyfriend for everyone. Everyone in Arkham, he's their boyfriend. Everyone's, everyone knows Peter. Everyone's been on a date with Peter. Yeah, Peter is hands down better than all the survivor allies available at this time. I think in Agnes, he actually does have some competition from the Arcane Initiate simply because Oh, true. Yeah. Agnes does like her spells and Arcane Initiate will find them, but Peter makes a, a great follow-up play. So you get your Arcane Initiate down early, you find the spells you need, whether it's shriveling or right of seeking or whatnot, and then you kill the uh, arcane initiate. Peter arrives on the scene and and backstops her for the rest of the the uh, scenario, uh, healing horror as necessary. Now, the important thing to to remember about Agnes's ability is that if you place the horror on Peter, you do not get to deal the damage. So keep that in mind. But uh, there are times when you're playing Agnes that you are going to take horror and it's not, you're not going to be getting a damage out of it. That's the horror that you're passing off to Peter so he can, he can heal that horror and, 
and Agnes can save her sanity pool for uh, to trigger her uh, her response. This guy, I mean, what can you say? He's he's an elder sign all the way, and uh, just very very solid. Uh, a huge yeah, uh, asset to the uh, the survivor card pool. Yeah, I would like to make one more footnote at um, level zero. At level zero, Peter actually combos very well with a neutral card, um, Painkillers. Because then you're using Peter to effectively uh, heal damage. You know, because you can you can heal with Painkillers, put the horror from Painkillers on Peter. Which is kind of weird, right? Like, you chug the Painkillers and Peter... Listen, it doesn't have to make sense, okay? <laughs> Listen, it, it, just... doesn't, it doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> That's a great combo in Carolyn. Carolyn is basically an unkillable monster once she has Western play, if <laughs> you haven't true. realized. Yeah, it's true. So um, I guess what I'm getting at is um, even if even if you're not like leaning into Peter and you're not even if you don't even need the horror, the fact that painkillers, you know, combos well with Peter is like pretty good. Yeah, is, is what I'm getting at here. Yeah, and that's what that's just at level zero. That's before you even get into the level two stuff. Yeah. Speaking of level two, Peter Sylvester has an upgrade, three cost asset, one willpower skill icon, basically the same across the board, except you get plus one agility and plus one willpower. And he has the same response and he has an extra sanity. So now he can soak yep. two uh, sanity instead of one. Between the, the bonus willpower in that extra room in uh, his sanity to soak even more, if uh, level zero Peter was good, level uh, two Peter is uh, simply amazing. Yeah. I think if he had been designed in more recently, he would probably cost three XP. Yeah. At least. He yeah. does seem a little underpriced compared to to some of the other uh, allies in the game, but uh, man, oh man, this this guy is like you said, Nate. This is the ally that all other allies are uh, are rated against, and uh, unfortunately, uh, many of them uh, come up short to uh, to Peter, I guess. We have talked a little bit about Peter level two in our level zero discussion. It's kind of hard to, to discuss them separately because uh, usually if you're playing Peter level zero, you're upgrading to Peter level two as, as quickly as possible. I guess what I would like to ask you guys is, does he warrant a curse token? Um, kind of, personally, I think. I think like... Because Peter exists, and like we were saying, like he yeah. is sort of this like litmus test for every other ally in the game. I think it has kind of pushed all of the other allies to either measure up to Peter in some respect, whether it's something like Lola or Delilah, yeah. who kind of like have this sort of similar stat line and double boosting and some really good effect, or I don't know. That's a really good question. I think he he certainly treads the line, but I think the difference with something like that versus Lola is that at least um, with Peter, he's purely reactive, where he, he prevents you from losing. He doesn't necessarily help you win, per se, 
but he makes it a lot harder to lose. Yeah, it's because it's because his ability is not offensive. Like you don't you can't use it to push the scenario to its conclusion. Um I've one thing I have noticed is that he's the first card, except technically Dark Horse, that boosts two stats. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that kind of it like him and of course the allies that have come after him that also boost two stats that kind of was what really solidifies the ally slot as being like probably the strongest slot yeah mm-hmm. you know, like numerically like um yeah what you're getting out yeah, of it for your cause what are you getting at it like there are weapons <laughs> you know like weapons don't give you two two different you know don't give you two different stat boosts like there are very, very few accessories that give you two stat boosts. Like it, Peter level two pushes um, allies in particular down that two stat boost um, path, and I think that alone kind of makes it a curse token because it kind of pushes the rest of the card pool to like measure up. Mm. Um, his ability, like, is although very strong. And it's still just defensive in nature. You're not going to use it. You can't rush the scenario with, you know, with Peter level two by mm-hmm. absorbing more horror. It helps you not die, but you don't. It's not going to like win the game for you. Other than mm-hmm. you don't, you last long enough to win the game. Yeah. Right. And and even yeah. in Carolyn, who like I think is kind of like the case, the strongest case you could make yep. for calling it a curse token is that she's really just using Peter to generate an extra resource every turn. Yeah. Or two, if you have uh, forbidden knowledge in play, but like yeah. that's kind of the extent of it. I think like what makes Peter so good is just he makes you so consistently good. Mm-hmm. Like plus one willpower is one of the best boosts you can get out of an ally. I think that, or maybe like combat or intellect. Yeah, you know, like those are the three best stats in the game, and mm-hmm. giving a boost to one of them plus agility is just—it's uh, so good. Yeah. Oh, then, like, imagine Wendy having five and five. <laughs> right, and Agnes goes up to six and four. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, like, so it's like it's it's a combination <laughs> of like the investigators that can take Peter naturally benefit from his his stat boost, but then his ability is also just really really good on top of that. Yeah, and then you also compare him to like other allies that are available at this point, like Joey the Rat and Hired Muscle and. Um, I mean, I mean, Milan's fair, really good. Yeah, I was going to say, Milan is good. Milan's very good, yeah. But Peter's better. <laughs> because oh, it gives yeah. you two stats. Yeah. yeah. So I think the I think the problem, I think the thing about Peter, like, is that the two, it's the two stat boosts that really is, has gives him a one-up on every other ally. Pretty much every other ally. And then it kind of pushes design, you know, card design towards that three XP. It's often three XP, three cost two stat boosts and it just it kind of outperforms all the other like all the other slots as a result and they've even made an ally similar to peter in jessica hyde who costs one experience and has a handicap where she enters play with damage on her so it's like i I think the designers clearly saw that peter was at the very least very very good yeah when they designed uh, jessica hyde yeah, it's also worth arguing that I I, I noticed I've noticed in the, in the last few cycles they've been uh, having they've been rushing to give other classes Peter like allies to catch up, namely Ikiak from uh, 
Innsmouth. She's like the first uh, Mystic ally that has that gives you two stat boosts, and, and she's like Jean Beauregard from Janae. Like yeah, Earth. yeah, yeah. It just seems like something came around, and uh, you know, some designers realized, oh, we got to give, we got to have other allies that catch up to Peter. Yeah, it's all a long-winded way of saying that he's really pushed the design of allies, and I think that kind of makes him a curse token. Yeah, he's not egregious. Like he's not stealing lunches like uh, Strange Solution Acidic Itaker is, but still, like the way he's pushing allies. Yeah, I think I... He, he. I think he's definitely pushed. I mean that that is yeah. that's pretty clear. He is head and shoulders above every other survivor ally available. Right at when it was released, you know, Stray Cat and Poraquina are just. They're garbage <laughs> compared to Peter. <laughs> so, it's, so it's really not a competition. I have a really hard time giving him a curse token, though. Maybe it's the solo player in me needing that little extra boost. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the fact that he is more defensive in nature sort of salvages him from from being cursed like you can he is very nice to have on the table but you can win without him but I yeah mean, I, I, I definitely see where you're both coming from i mean he's I, i'm a bit reluctant to give him a curse token too like i i do think that he is sort of a sort of the start of a larger problem when it comes to the ally slot mm -hmm. but I play so much Carolyn. I love Peter. <laughs> like, P would you Peter... play Carolyn? Would you still play Peter if he only boosted one stat? Oh yeah, without question. You play there him you for the ability in Carolyn. Yeah. So in Carolyn, you're playing him for the ability. I think in like yeah. almost everybody else, you're playing him for the additional stat. Yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> I feel like honestly, in most of the decks that I've put Peter in, it's for the ability to not die. Oh yeah. That well, because the ability doesn't change. Right you know, is what I'm getting at. It's it's mm. you're spending those two XP for like really for the additional stat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, how we do? How would we rate Peter Sylvester level two? I'm gonna give him the Elder Sign. He's my boy. I can't do him like that. So <laughs> I I gotta give him the Elder Sign. Yeah. Okay. So I am gonna give him a curse token. It's not egregious. It's because he's really pushed. The ally slot um as the game continued to grow um he's really pushed the ally slot and really solidified the ally slot as being like really head and shoulders amongst you know compared to other assets so he's not the most egregious curse it's not a city kicker but it's still curse in that he's kind of pushed the design of yeah. cards yeah I i'll so give you that yeah i'll give you that because i feel like accessory kind of yep. gets gets the short end of the stick with that one yeah, I agree. Because yeah. like the the one of the biggest benefits for having an ally in play is that it has soak. Yep. And accessories don't do that. Right. So yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. I think today he is he's clearly a curse. It is worth noting that he has not made it on the list of taboos. They have not mutated him to add an experience point, which I could definitely see them doing. Like if they made him cost three XP instead of two, I don't think you'd have many players batting an eye about that. 
I think in terms of Dunwich and Revised Core, he's clearly an elder sign. I mean, survivors yeah. just don't have any other options that are even remotely as good as Peter. Agnes loves Peter. I mean, pretty much every investigator who can take Peter loves Peter. And, uh, I mean, he, he basically defines how Agnes is played. I don't think we've received an ally since that can really contest him for, for the ally slot in Agnes, at least the way I play her. Yeah. I, I don't. So I definitely think Dunwich Revised Core, he's an elder sign. If you're not playing Peter level two and you're playing some other ally, if you're playing Ashcan, Wendy, uh, Agnes, you got to have a pretty damn good reason why. And I know, you know, when we, I think we raided Aquina level, is it level two when she was reprinted in the revised core? I think we were fairly generous to her because at that time she was sort of the only thing survivors had in the ally slot. And Peter just sort of comes over and just kicks her off the cliff, uh, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think these days he's clearly, he's clearly pushed. He's hands down one of the strongest allies in the game probably needs to cost slightly more XP, but I mean, like Nate said, Peter is my boyfriend as well. And him and I have had some, have had some fine adventures in the Arkham Horror LCG. And, uh, he has, uh, I, I haven't, I don't have any statistics to back this up, but if I went back and looked at games, uh, my win wins and losses. I think that uh, Peter plays a pretty a pretty big role in in a lot of those wins. Not because he won me the game, but he just gave me a shot at winning, and mm-hmm. that is often uh, all you need. Because if you go insane, you don't have a, a chance, and and Peter will keep you keep you going. And it is a very sad uh, time indeed when you have to put that third horror on him. And uh, be like, well, I guess for the rest of the scenario, we're we're flying solo. So hopefully, <laughs> we draw our copy. second copy of Peter, or uh, or we finish this game because uh, the san- we don't have our uh, our sanity or horror soak anymore. But uh... Uh, I'll I'll share a quick fun story with everyone. I played Dim Carcosa with Carolyn and had Peter level two. I managed to heal off almost 20 points of horror off of Peter by the end of the game. Yeah, I believe it, because I think I've also played Carolyn with Peter and Dim Carcosa and had a similar circumstance. <laughs> it was incredible. It was awesome. <laughs> That's going to do it for our look at the first batch of Survivor cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. Let us know in the comments down below uh, what you think. Man, uh, we were talking before we uh, recorded this video. This is probably the strongest batch of cards in the that we've looked at so far. And I, I know what's coming up. And I know we're not going to look at a stronger batch. So, no, I mean, <laughs> Elder Sign, Elder Sign. Yeah, newspaper's bad. But then Whatever. top it off with it- two more, like four Elder Signs out of five <laughs> cards. That's pretty much unprecedented and just goes to show how good survivors got it in uh, in the Dunwich legacy. Yeah. 
And like, below in the comment section, we want to hear your Peter stories. Tell us your Peter stories because we love them. Right, Nate? Oh, absolutely. Peter is, he's the big man on campus. Yep. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.